It's DTS-124 and it looks like SRL is going to be announced in just a few weeks at PlayStation Experience. All that and more coming up. Listening to Destiny the Show. What's up, everybody, and welcome to Destiny the Show, the Destiny News Podcast to keep you the guardian ahead of the curve in the world of Destiny. I'm BBK Dragoon, joined as always by my good friend Diddy. What is up, man? How was your week? Man, I'm doing very well. It's uh, it's a nice balmy 50 degrees down here in, in the south. Um, <laughs> is that like cold? Is everybody busting out like winter supplies? It's uh, it's pretty chilly. Yeah, I can no longer wear flip flops, um, so that's kind of sad. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's good. It gives me the time to stay inside, get that nice cup of cocoa, and just play some more Destiny. Yeah, this past week, it's I've I've I played a really fun raid. Uh, we didn't have six players. We started just a normal raid because we only had three people at the time. I'm like, yeah, let's just go ahead and do it. We did it. We got a fourth person. We beat Vosik one, got six people, beat Vosik part two, and then one of them dropped out and we beat the rest of the raid with five people. So that was just, that was just a lot of fun. Good experience. It snowed here in certain parts of Colorado. So it's starting to look more like the plague lands and you know, the mountains and whatnot. <laughs> Watch out for the SIVA. That's right. I was waiting to get myself a SIVA offering, but it just never dropped for me. <laughs> but yeah, it was a pretty good week, except one of my controllers broke. I was very sad. The oh, no. left bumper on my controller just fell out on the Xbox side of things. So That's funny. One of the guys in our raid, he has uh, one of his thumbsticks, like the walking thumbstick, is in a perpetual state of moving forward. Oh, it's got drift. So so during um, Axis Part Two, he was just sitting on the on the platform during Siva Density, just starts strolling forward, and we're like, "No!" Oh, that's good. It was really funny. Yeah, they they even it was an Elite, by the way, too, which makes it even sadder. I picked that up in like April. Oh, wow! But they don't use different components for the shoulder buttons, and there's no spring holding it. It's just a piece of plastic. Anyway, there's a side mm. tangent for you. This week we've got a weekly update that brought some controversy uh, regarding skill-based matchmaking, connection-based matchmaking, but it also brought some clarification from the network team about what's really going on behind the scenes. We've got some cool videos from the community. Uh, The biggest Xbox One PvP tournament is coming up, the Heroic Mode Wrath of the Machine ride-along, which brought some incredibly cool concept art and a bunch more to talk about, so let's get into it. So at the beginning of last week, there was a post on Bungie's website for a world design tester. It was a job listing, basically. And under it, it recommended that you had experience testing games for PC, Xbox One, PS4, and 360, and PS3. So a lot of people saw the PC in the listing, and they're like, hey, this looks like this could be more confirmation that Destiny 2 is coming to PC. But Diddy, it kind of is conflicting, (laughs) right? Yeah, those who saw the PC and be like, oh, Destiny 2 PC confirmed, also forgot to see the Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3 listings as well. They just want people who have a wide range of experience and exposure to different environments and different uh, ways of testing games. Absolutely. Yeah, they've actually listed PC for recommendations on previous testing spots there. But Jason Schreier over at Kotaku did tweet out saying... 
I can guarantee you it's coming to PC. This is the guy who's written most of the Destiny leak articles on Kotaku and has a pretty good track record. So it's looking looking like he's sticking to his guns there, man. So did he have you been watching the PS4 King? It's this new advertising campaign PlayStation's putting together. I have. It's pretty cool, right? I think it's pretty funny. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's just interesting to see now that they have a mascot. It's that we can associate with PlayStation. So every time we see one of these ads, we're like, oh, PlayStation's coming up. What are they doing now? And uh, it's all live action, too, which I think is actually really cool because now we can actually see items that we have played with in the games, like the Gallarhorn and the Ghost specifically, just like being used by a real person. I think that's really cool. Large-scale props. I get what you're saying there. It is yeah. cool to see that. And... It's sort of like their version of most interesting man in the world. I think PS4 mm -hmm. King is. He's like, he's yes. conquered everything. And there's all these elements <laughs> from the games that PlayStation players recognize. They put out over the last week a really cool short ghost PlayStation King video promoting Destiny. One promoting the Gallarhorn. They actually deliver the Gallarhorn to one of uh, PlayStation's fans or players right in, I think, somewhere in California, right? The physical Gallarhorn. Mm -hmm. They're out there on the street. There's a ton of people. They make it a big hubbub, and it's just a fun campaign. If you guys want to check it out, head to facebook.com slash official PS4King. That's the place where you can see these ads. It's interesting seeing that Sony is still really prioritizing Destiny as one of their main line titles for the PlayStation system. Do you think we'll continue to see PlayStation exclusives moving forward? I think it's possible. Of course, I wouldn't want that to happen, but I, I definitely see that being a... A thing because they did just uh, release their the PS4 Pros, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the the next next generation console. Um, but uh, yeah, I can see that happening. But uh, if, it, if it comes to PC, I don't think we see many exclusives moving forward. I wonder what's going to happen with like Echo Chamber and Icarus, the remaining PlayStation 4 exclusives. That really cool sniper rifle that I can't remember its name right now. The one that starts like Zen Meteor. Up. Yeah. Oh, that thing looks sweet. Do you think Xbox players will see that content reach us in maybe the spring, like for an April update? Because otherwise, I mean, if Destiny Ooh. 2's next fall, mm -hmm. <laughs> what are we going to do? Like, Echo Chamber's <laughs> going to be done at that point. Icarus will be done. Yeah, I would hope we see those things in, an, in a spring update because the last time Bungie did a complete overhaul of Destiny, which is what's anticipated for Destiny 2, they left everything behind. Year one, Icebreaker, Thorn, you know, now it's back. That's a bad example. But those kinds of things, they did leave it behind because it was a, a play style that they didn't want anymore. And the balancing had to be just totally redone. If that happens with Destiny 2, I would hope they don't just drop everything off and that we can still use these weapons moving forward. I'm sure there will be some elements that carry forward. With the rumors of it being a real big overhaul, though, I wonder if previous activities are going to be replayable. I would imagine they'd preserve a lot of the assets from Destiny 1, and maybe down the road we could revisit a Vault of Glass or something like that. I really don't know, though. Everything's pretty much up in the air, and I hope that there's like a short glimpse of Destiny 2 at PlayStation Experience. It does look like PlayStation Experience, which is December 3rd and 4th, is going to be the reveal of the new SRL, the new winter event that we have coming, the return of Sparrow Racing League. But I'm still holding out. I'm still hoping they're going to show some glimmer of what's next beyond that live event. <laughs> I think they learned from last year. Yeah, like even even a launch date, you know, <laughs> Destiny 2, five-second clip, Destiny 2, November 
15th, whatever, whatever that crap is. Please be September. Please don't do it. (laughs) This November, man, has been insane. We've got Titanfall 2. We've got Battlefield 1. There's the Modern Warfare remaster. There was a a deal I saw for Battlefield 1 and Titanfall 2 bundle for like 75 bucks. I was like, Hmm. that's a good deal for both of those games i think xbox live gold members are going to be able to participate in black friday sales right now and the destiny collection was on sale Mm -hmm. and titanfall 2 was on sale and you'll probably see most of those games going on sale so it's a good time to be purchasing some stuff and trying out some new games over the holidays after you spent some quality time with the family and you're in a cardiac arrest after eating so much turkey Oh, dude, yeah. I'm so stoked. Quality time with the family, like uh, Shax and Kate Six, Ikora Ray, Eris, of course. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good time to get your family and relatives involved so you can refer a friend and get that great shader, the cool yeah. high five emote, you know, just, the hey, emotes. uncle, mm-hmm. you want to roll a Titan with me? All right, let's do it. <laughs> Speaking of which, happy Thanksgiving to our United States listeners this week. I cannot believe how fast the year is going. In the weekly update, they, or I guess this week at Punchy, they mentioned their Wrath of the Machine Heroic Raid ride-along. Diddy, we have an official DTS prediction that went wrong. <laughs> they, uh, <laughs> they played Heroic Mode. They proved me wrong. You thought it was going to be normal. Well, you know, I thought, like, okay, they're going to be talking about it at the same time, so, you know, normal mode. But, of course, they do have the commentators and uh, those designers not playing um, talking about the experience as it just plays in the background. So I guess that, makes, I guess that makes sense. I did underestimate them. I'm sorry, Bungie. I lost my faith. <laughs> <laughs> it was a pretty cool ride along. You guys can catch the VOD on This Week at Bungie from last week, link for which is on our website, destinytheshow.com. Cool concept art everywhere being shown. These are my favorite ride alongs because you get some design insights. You get to see some of the ideas. If you actually saw the original Vosik, he looked really different. He had a car door as an actual <laughs> faceplate. It looked so junkyardy and scrap metally. I liked it a lot, but they ended up with that more Siva pyramid design at the end of the day. They showed a design picture of what the original entrance looked like, which was a lot brighter. That's the other thing. They showed some design pictures of the original Death Zamboni space, and there was no snow, and it was a lot brighter. It was set at sunset, and these concept mm. art pieces are gorgeous, man. But they went with snow because they thought it would be more inviting and would encourage people to play it more regularly. I wonder if the choice to go for a more wintry feel arose, I don't know, later in Rise of Iron's development phase, maybe a few months into it or something like that. Yeah, after they realized they could drop uh, Xbox 360 and PS3. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because concept arts are going to be early on in development not anytime you know during the summer like for rise of iron it started in january supposedly so that would have been some early concepts also i really wish that they would take some of these concept arts and put them up for sale as really large posters in the branch store yeah Yeah, a lot of these guys i would do that in a heartbeat easy their art stations I wonder, actually, Bungie probably has the rights wrapped up for it. If they purchased it as a commission, there's probably mm-hmm. legal stuff that you have to go through before you could actually purchase something like that. There was a Japanese artist who painted this incredible warlock picture I showed you like a year and a half ago, Diddy. Mm-hmm. I tried to get in touch with him to find if I could buy the print, but no response. <laughs> it was so cool, though. It looked like one of those animes where there's a warlock in a field of all these white flowers and then just one floating red flower is going through the air. <laughs> one of the concept art pieces that they showed was basically a captain holding a double neck guitar on top Mm -hmm. of like this little geometric death zamboni you know 
summoning that Mad Max reference there. I hope to goodness that's an Easter egg. <laughs> Wouldn't you love to fight that guy? That would be awesome. But <laughs> the reason that they didn't put it in, I, I have to think it's some type of copyright strike from like the Mad Max publisher. Mm-hmm, the franchise. It, I, or like or like the producers at Bungie were like, yeah, that's awesome, but that's too close yeah. to copyright. <laughs> that we, we just can't do it. No, but it would have been amazing. I, I have a weird question. I don't want to stall the conversation here too much, but you mentioned, you know, dropping PS3 and 360 for Rise of Iron. And now hindsight's 2020. We've played the bulk of the expansion. We've seen that, yes, there's new particle effects that are fantastic. The snow falling is great. And a lot of the plague lands just looks fantastic. But other than the death Zamboni, do you think the 360 and the PS3 could have handled this expansion? Because I, I have to think Activision was pretty adamant about wanting it on last gen it's more money in their pocket it's more players more potential buyers basically um i i still think i still think no because uh, because of the particle effects of the siva now that you mention it there the play spaces in rise of iron are not that much bigger uh Mm -hmm. than um original destiny because they're using a lot of assets right there's Mm -hmm. not there's not a bigger battlefield in which that we're fighting siva um, but i just think with all the minute details that's happening I, I think that would that would have fried all of our last generation consoles and they were out of memory too i think it was mm-hmm. mentioned that they just purely we, couldn't add further things we still don't have the increased vault space you know yeah <laughs> i'm it's, a little bummed it's still about running that. on the older engine you know we're still running on the original destiny engine built for last generation consoles there's just slight improvements we could have done moving forward into destiny 2 i think with that dedicated engine team they're going to be making so many good improvements to the user experience and the just the betterment quality of life experiences that we face day to day if you look at some vanilla build pictures i was looking at vanilla gameplay like going back to some beta pvp that i had and then looking at some suros era pvp there's been so many quality of life improvements. The UI <laughs> is so different. We forget that the whole quest thing didn't even exist in your menus. Remember having to go to the tower to turn in your bounties, dude? Mm-hmm. That was awful. And then you can only carry 10 of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's, it's changed a lot. We, we forget about it when you play it day in and day out. Okay, let's move along. I've stalled here long enough. Coming up on, I think, December 3rd, I'll have to look at the date here, is the PvP Legends Xbox One Tournament. This is the largest Xbox One tournament to date with an $1,000 prize pool. Yeah, it does. Uh, the finals happen on December 3rd. The second qualifier is happening, happening November 26th at 1 p.m. EST. The link for all of the registration, the rules, and the sign-up information is on planetdestiny.com. They've got it stickied onto their front page. I know they've got a bunch of casters. I think over 30 people are auditioning to uh, get a caster spot for this event. The first uh, qualifier went down just last week. Really strong play. A lot of shotguns, as you would imagine. That seems to be the popular thing right now. But private matches are here. We're starting to see the the momentum pick up. I think this is the first big snowball since Rise of Iron's release that's gathering a lot of eyes from the broader community. Should we move on to this week at Bungie? Let's do it, man. Please, Guardians, let me help you. If you come looking for wise words, I shall try, but I ask you to turn them to action. 
so this week at Bungie opens up talking about, like we said, the raid ride along, but it goes into detail with the network team over at Bungie. Oh boy. They talked about how their matchmaking system works, the priorities in their algorithms, what they think is most important, and then how the system moves on to the next step. And I'll read here and I quote, their goal with matchmaking is to provide you with a clean connection to your fellow players, keep the time you spend in orbit between matches to a minimum, and set a match between you and a worthy opponent in that order. So connection is highest on their priority list. Right below that is that you don't sit in orbit for too long searching. And then the lowest on the totem pole, they say, is setting a match between you and a worthy opponent. This response and this whole article section came from a skill-based matchmaking protest that happened on the Bungie.net forums a few weeks ago where new threads being started that said remove SBMM were popping up all over the place outside of the feedback forum and those were getting upvoted all over the place. It was just flooding the forums completely. It, it was sort of a an aggressive way for the community to say we'd like SBMM reduced. Now, there's no singular mouthpiece for any of this, so I'm trying to just state the situation and talk about both sides. I'm not taking a stance on either right now. They want to see less red bars and less teleportation. If you guys have been playing Crucible the last month or so, the connection experience has fluctuated, I would say, from two to three months ago, per se. All right, Diddy, carry the ball forward. What do they say next about their priorities? So <laughs> they go into a little bit more detail about how a match is found. First, they, they identify a pool of players that are available with a good connection, you know, great connection to basically your host. Um, within that pool of players, so I, I found a player of good connection within that pool they're going to choose the people that are closely matched to my skill rating. Mm -hmm. If they can't find enough players in that pool, then they widen, they increase the range of, of, of the skill. So if I'm level 10 in my skill, whatever that means to you, it searches for people around level 10, you know, level nine, level 11. If they can't find people like that, they increase it to eight and, and 12 or whatever. Um, and if that doesn't work, they'll expand the search again with a more variance in connection quality. So first off, I'm finding a group of people with good connection, and then I'm finding people within that good connection with my, within my skill range. And then they open up the skill range a little bit more to find people within that group of good connection games. And then they'll open it up to, okay, let's find another group of people with a little bit less quality of connection so that they can find enough players to match me with. Mm -hmm. And I'll go on to list some of their responses here. They said, what is Destiny's network tick rate? Their response was, combat damage is sampled at 30 hertz or 30 times per second. We track the network, how your shots land in every frame of gameplay you can see. You receive updates on systems like scoring and ammo spawn timers from an activity host at 10 hertz or 10 tick. So this is a response to something we talked about a week or two ago in which somebody on Reddit said that Destiny's PvP runs at a total of 10 tick or 10 hertz, basically. And the network engineers are saying, no, only things like the scoring and the ammo spawn timers run on 10 tick. However, the combat damage is sampled at 30 hertz or 30 tick, which mm -hmm. in general is still low, but understandable for a peer-to-peer -peer game working on previous technology. When I say low, if you compare it to more current games running again on dedicated servers we're just we're dealing with the fact that there's outdated tech going on here 
and you've got very passionate players who want a, an experience that has a better connection, but you also have the other side of the coin, which are players who don't want to get stomped. Uh, my hope is that through all of this, when we're talking about, about it, people understand Diddy and I want to see better connection matches, but we do not want to see the complete removal of skill-based matchmaking. We want players to have a good time. We want players to play people in and around their skill level. I think a lot of times people think those hoping that SBMM is removed is just so they can pub stomp. And I would say, yeah, there's probably some people who want that, but the majority want better connection matches and they see SBMM as the villain of this. Whether that's true or not, I'll leave it up to you guys to decide. Diddy, what was their response when asked about playing PvP with friends who have a very different set of skill ranges? I'll, uh, I'll quote here from the TWAB. We introduced private matches to the Crucible with the launch of Destiny Rise of Iron so that you could do just that. Take matchmaking into your own hands and make the Crucible what you want it to be. So I can play matchmaker. I can pick the friends that I want to play with. I can pick the people I want to play with. Just invite them to a private match and have a good time. Gotcha. So the question being asked was similar to like, how can I relax and enjoy some matches with my friends? They say we put private matches in there so you guys can really craft and make the Crucible what you want it to be, which I understand. Hey, yeah, it's a cool feature. You definitely can play with people. It's hard to get a lobby together, though, of, of 12 people if you just want to play sixes. <laughs> and at the same time, aren't they encouraging right there for them to circumvent players to circumvent the matchmaking system, sort of? Yeah, they are. And it's interesting because sometimes... the the understanding of where this question is coming from, I think was misunderstood or just yeah. not responded to because sometimes I want to have a good time with my friends, but I don't want to play against my friends. You know, mm -hmm. that would require me to go on LFG to find people who want to play private matches and then explain to them, Hey, we're just having a good time, not sweaty rules, whatever. And that's just a pain. It takes longer. I just want to jump in, hit a button and it matches me and my five or however many friends I'm playing with with a group of random people that I can play against and just have a good time. So this whole thing set off a big explosion of discussion <laughs> within the community. Some people very upset that this felt like the network engineers didn't say there was room for improvement and that the experiences people are having with poor connections are invalid. That's what it read to some people. And then to others, they said, good, Bungie is allowed to have a very upfront, honest response to these skill-based matchmaking protests, which I don't think spamming the forums and breaking forum rules is a good way as a community to express discontent. I don't think that's a way to get the developers to listen to your plight at all. In fact, Deej had this to say uh, two weeks ago, and I quote, the feedback forum is really where this belongs. Every week, Cosmo summarizes what he sees there and prepares a report for the development team. You've never had a stronger internal champion as a community manager, and that includes me. There are people at Bungie who listen to you. Give them something they can pass along. You are a part of the conversation at Bungie, end quote. He discourages that people um, who use brute force, it's not the way to win over the developers, basically. So that was two weeks ago from the SBMM protests. And I think that's a really great point. Cosmo, we see him as the guy who posts on Twitter and the guy who sometimes does the weekly update, but he does so much more in the back end, right? That's not just his job. He does read the forums he and he actually compiles a list and a report for the developers be like hey this is what the community is saying you know what can we do to to either just respond to this or improve it or maybe it's something that we can actually 
introduced in a later iteration of Destiny. So that's something that I think is so important and that we don't actually realize is happening. They are actually taking community feedback and presenting it to the developers. I don't think there's really any way to win talking about this thing because there's people on both sides of the Mm -hmm, coin here. So we're just going to leave it at that. And whatever you guys think, we'd love to hear about it. You can tweet us your feedback at Destiny the Show. A lot of this comes down to, in my opinion, the fact that Destiny 1 is peer-to-peer. It's built on technology that is older than a lot of the current shooters that are just coming out using dedicated servers. Mm -hmm. You probably have a lot of the network engineers working on Destiny 2 at this point. And I imagine the network team at Destiny 1 has a really hard job where it's like, make the experience work really, really well, (laughs) and then we'll never say thank you. I I bet they feel very underappreciated there because if they do their job well, they probably don't hear much from the community. But if anything's out of whack or some things out of even their control, like Wi-Fi or weird packet loss stuff goes on, then they definitely hear about it. My question is when they say prioritizing connection over everything, what fits within that range? Because I would say one in three games, I get red bar teleporters, or I'm playing people who have over like 300 MS ping, international players. So Mm -hmm. I'm just curious what their guidelines or ramifications are for who's an outlier, what's the maximum acceptable whatever kind of a deal. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I work with a lot of, I work in IT, so I work with a lot of network engineers, I work with a lot of users who have internet connectivity problems or network connectivity problems, and every time someone asks or says, hey, I can't connect to this, there are so many factors that go into that. It's just hard to, I can see why some of these sentences in the in the weekly update were responded to this way because there are so many different factors that can go into effect so many different players playing and uh it's a it's a hard thing to discuss it's a hard job man definitely Mm -hmm. well we watched a video this week diddy that i think wraps up the conversation really really well and most of our listeners if not all of them should check out this video from patrick casey it's called destiny player types learning why you play and he discusses a Magic the Gathering system that is used to categorize players, and every card that the developers put together for Magic thinks about the types of people who play Magic the Gathering and would this card fit into one of those archetypes. The reason we think it fits so well is because Destiny has a huge range of different types of players, and those different player types enjoy different parts of the games for different reasons. In PvP, there are some people who love to use very creative setups, things that are outside of the norm, things that break the meta, and that's what's really fun to them. There's some players who really love to use the meta weapons, and they're all about winning. They love the thrill of competition. There's other people who just play for fun, who will never listen to a podcast or watch YouTube videos. They just enjoy playing the game for fun. And you can amplify this with the diversity of activities in Destiny, you know? Mm -hmm. You and I, we play different types of destiny and yet we play the exact same game you're more the pvp side i'm more the pve side i'd rather just play a strike than you know jump into a match of skirmish i think the main takeaway from patrick's video is that there's a lot of different types of players who enjoy the game for very different reasons and that it's important to remember that there is a diverse set of interests and values within this community and when we get aggressive or hostile to one another it's just not good man It's just Mm -hmm. not good for the community itself. We can strive for a better experience, and I think we all should, but not at the sacrifice of being a kind, welcoming, 
welcoming nice community to one another. That's a huge reason Destiny, I think, is so successful on Twitch is because the community is exceptional, man. There is so much love for one another. Yeah, and I think another good takeaway is he says in the video, <laughs> I play this game one way, and then next the next week or the next day, I could be wanting to play it a different way. So even though you and I play the game differently, tomorrow I could be playing the same way as you because I just I just want to. You know, sometimes you just want to win and you play that meta. Sometimes you're just like, I'm just gonna use a sidearm and I don't care. Because it's nice to, you know, not just do the exact same thing over and over and over again and actually switch it up sometimes. So even though we might be playing a different game, even though we're playing the same game, sometimes we're gonna be on the same page. So it is that, you know, ever fluid and ever changing environment of different players that uh, are playing the game totally all right wrapping it up the week after thanksgiving bungie says they're packing their bags for anaheim california and i quote the particulars of our mission are still a mystery we'll cross that finish line soon end quote <laughs> thanks deej mr wordsmith okay srl they're showing it off at playstation experience like they did last year so keep your eyes peeled get ready our big winter event is only a few weeks away. Pretty exciting, man. Yeah. <laughs> Sparrow Racing League, we called it. It's going to happen. Bungie says, or Deej says everything for a reason. So I'm excited to see what's coming. Very good. Where can people find your content? December 9th, it'll be at uh, twitch.tv slash show streaming Crota's End runs all day. Yes, all day, as long as we can. And then you can find my personal content over at twitter.com slash diddy, D-T-S, D-I-T-T-Y, D-T-S, at youtube.com slash whooshness, W-O-O-O-S-H-N-E-S-S. Join in the conversation or play with us in the Destiny of the Show community on our Discord server, discord.me slash destiny the show. Now over 900 Guardians strong, getting closer and closer to 1,000. We are really close to 1,000. All the links from today and more are on our website, destinytheshow.com. Follow us on Twitter at destinytheshow. Be ready for Return to Crota's End, which is again happening December 9th on our Twitch. We'd love to see you there and celebrate the best times, the fun times, the memories (laughs) of the dark below. You can follow me at BBKDragoon on both YouTube and Twitter. And check out our friends at DestinyTracker.com, the best place to track your stats in the Destiny universe. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a good week, and we'll see you next time.